The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics. Today we want to share with you a, an encounter with a friend of Medjugorje from December of 2010. This is shortly after the book It Ain't Gonna Happen was released. And a friend of Medjugorje explains the principles of, first of all, not only is what is and it ain't gonna happen, but also the principles of being free financially, being having the financial security of being free. And it's important to have the proper spiritual formation, especially in light of so many things that are happening in the world today. It's always easy to look at the physical things that you need to be doing. And while he does address that, it is important for you to understand, have the proper spiritual formation on why you do this, that there are many times that some of the things that, that we do as Christians are similar to the things that people in the world do because they're good decisions to make. But do we understand the real spiritual reasons why we're making these decisions? And so with Medjinomics, we're not promoting silver. We're not promoting anything that has to do with the material side of money, but rather what is the thing that's going to give you the most security so that money is not your master, as the scripture reading that we heard at the beginning of the broadcast says. And so this is a friend of Medjugorje, December the 11th, 2010.
I was given this antique book a little while ago, and I've read half of it already. But it was written in the 40s by some woman. And it's incredible because we all are uneasy. We know things are wrong. We know things aren't right. We don't quite know what the answer is. And we're not given the answers. Intelligentsia is given the answers. The theologians are given the answers. All these things, or at least they want to give their opinions. Why are they any more important than you? Why would what they have carry more weight than what you think? You know, this is the whole problem. Government wants to control what we do and how we act and how we behave and everything in between. When we know best for ourselves what we need to do. If you read, look what happened while you're sleeping, there's so many codes in these communist covenant subdivision committees. You can't put a sign up. You can't put a flower up. You can't prank your car. You can't have your hood up in your car. What are we allowing ourselves to do? We've been conditioned to believe our own property can be dictated and consent to that just to live in this subdivision. Stupidities. I enjoy seeing 20 miles from here when I go down a country road. This guy's got 1,000 rooster cages. I don't know what he's doing with that many, but he's doing something with them. So what's wrong with that? That's his property. Let him do what he wants to do. But see, that lowers our class. It lowers the value of our property. I didn't buy property to have value. I bought property to have property, to use the property, to use the ground God gave me. I didn't know I'd be doing this. <laughs> I objected to our lady when she asked to establish a community here. I wanted the rural area. But we know something's up. We know that we're sick as a society, and we know something very disturbing is taking place. We can't always put our finger on it. But these words are very, very interesting. I'll just read you a couple pages of it. Centuries ago, in an age not unlike our own, when the established world was cracking, a long period of peace was coming to an end, and a dream of civilized order and unity was dying. Bothetius, a Roman philosopher and scholar, sat at his desk and contemplated his changing world with a troubled and uneasy mind. He wrote a poem full of the questions that were besieging him. How can this truth be reconciled to that truth, this right to that right? How can all these conflicting facts be adjusted to man's thoughts? Near the end of the poem, as a desperate acknowledgement of the dilemma, though not a solution, came these lines. And therefore, whosoever seeks the truth shall find in no wise peace of heart. When I first read these words a few months ago, I had the supreme thrill across the centuries of feeling in sympathy with the mind of another human being far from me in time, language, and race. For an instance, the guffs were swept away. I knew what that man felt. I have myself been a victim of corroding uneasiness, doubt, and fear these past years. What thinking person has not been? What thinking person can survey the world's tragedies today without crying out in torture of mind, but why has this come? And what should one do about it? I give this personal confession only in the hope that it may be clear to the minds of others in doubt and confusion, others who, like myself, are not specialists in history, economic, foreign affairs, but who feel that the issues confronting us today are not the concerns only of the specialists, but equally the concerns of the average citizen. 
In fact, the average citizen, even more than experts, follows the responsibility of decision and the present issues and the burden of our consequences. And she goes on and says that the answers are not in politicians, not in the specialists, not in the knowing and the intelligentsia. It's in you. And it's Our Lady who's coming to renew the world in this special way, in a special time. Not through what we think. Not to the brothers of David who had more skill and more ability, but to the one they left in the field. You're not even going to come to be one of the chosen. And so it's you who are chosen in a special way that God will confound the world in its ways to change it. This is a special time in which our lady says you'll get to know God more. You get to know God more when? Suffering. You know that. So we're in an extraordinary time unlike anything in history, even unique to Jesus' time. He came with the plan of salvation. She's come to renew the plan of salvation because we threw it away. It's interesting what we were doing the crucifix at that time. And he comes in 87 and says, a great plan for the salvation of the world. My first thought was that well, we already got a plan of salvation. That's through Jesus Christ. But I didn't understand at that time to the degree we threw it away, that they could do with this artwork what they did. Now, I know the Smithsonian just started a whole new bastion of Jesus on the cross with Anseat and him. And the difference in 1979 and now is there's people mad. There's people waking up. They've agreed to throw it out now. So they've agreed to back down on this. 1979, because there was no fiber. Our lady's building fiber in her people. And we're starting to say, no more. We're fed up with this. But you can't say that until you have what God's fed up in your heart out. You've got to change to be able to convict and say, you're not going to do this to us. And if you want an angry mom of Christians in front of you, we'll do that. So this is an extraordinary time. And in a special way, we're able to communicate to Our Lady and speak to her, and she's ready to act on us on our behalf. She said from Medjugorje that even when my eyes and heart are no longer here, I'll still be near you in a special way. So the presence of Mary is going to remain in the world in a way that she's not had before. This is her time. She's waited 2,000 years before, and God's given her extraordinary power, extraordinary things to do. She said it. My coming to you is a gift of which you do not comprehend. She said another time, if you understood my coming, you'd pray unceasingly. She told the visionaries in the beginning days when they said, how long will you be with me? She says, I'll be with you as long as you want me, my angels. And so I'm telling her, don't go away yet. I'm not ready. So in a special way, means something of an extraordinary nature that we don't comprehend. We're not going to know this time no more than Peter and the 12 apostles knew what they were doing until later. They, they couldn't phantom the magnitude. Medjugorje is way beyond what we can understand at the moment. We don't have history. We have present. And so in some ways, history is better because you can see how, man, this is big. If you, if you were 200 years from now and you look back, you would be doing things completely different. I'm going to have regrets that I didn't savor these moments. You don't think the apostles had what they wish they could ask Jesus when they had him? What they could have done in the time of grace he was there? And because Alei has defined this is a time of grace, means this time of grace is going to end. I just wanted a friend of Medjugorje to respond to some of the women who are in a situation where their husbands aren't at all interested in anything having to do with Medjugorje. 
feel like everything is going to go fine in the future. We just got to wait a little longer for things to turn around again. And yet um, the women who are married to these are maybe not, um, they don't feel secure in what is happening. And yet they can't do much because they're trying to live being submissive to their husbands and honoring their husbands and this kind of thing. And their husbands are getting irritated by being pushed, trying to get pushed in this direction of getting a cow or get, you know, getting out of debt or those kinds of things. What kind of advice do you have for these women? I had one woman, I told her, you go down and kneel down in front of your husband and you beg, don't matter what he's doing, you beg for forgiveness, plead with him and make him say, yes, he accepts your forgiveness for anything you've done that led him to the decisions he was making, which was not good decisions he was doing. And she was basically pushed him out of the marriage. And it doesn't matter what his response really is, is that you do that. I recently gave a message to say, seek forgiveness, and then ask to be forgiven too. So we don't understand that concept. And you got to realize when your husband's the provider and God made him that, you don't need to nag him. You know, God can take nag, and a man can't take that. Now, if he won't buy silver, because we have this, and this is true, we have more women ready to do this than men. It's usually the other way around. Now, they're so hooked in the system, they've been to college, they've been here, they've been trained so many years for sales, and whatever they may be doing, it's harder for them to change than her. Why is it easy for her? Because silver glitters. <laughs> Eve took the apple. She's ready to always take that next step. Yeah, I like a lot of silver. That sounds good to me. Let's do it, honey. So she's already got this built into her. So it's easier for her to digest, and it's a positive because it's a good thing to do it right now. And so it's harder for the man to get into this, and he's a little bit more cautious. He's, he knows, you know, he goes to the jungle, and he, he knows where the traps are. He's looking. He's trained to look for that. You know, a, a man's just that way. You know, a guy told me, he was a preacher, he's in the parking lot, and he's trying to find a parking space. His wife's saying, doing this, and going this, and going this one. And he just finally says, me Hunter, you Jane. <laughs> yeah, he's the hunter. He's the one who wants to find his own parking space. Just let him do it. You know, learn how a man works. So if you understand these things, you can get everything you want. In Jewish history, the woman was way up here. She was exalted. The woman was way more than what she is in society today. But because they've entered the workforce, we've got this big struggle going on. And women have really lost the finesse. You know, in the point of man, God, Jesus says that God made man for himself, and God made woman for man. And he gave man woman to show his own love through her to him. Profound. And so... We've been so conditioned the wrong way, we don't even know how to behave in a marriage in a lot of ways. And a lot of times, the issue is not important to the man. What you're talking about is not important. And you can come and give advice, and you can come say, this is what I think, and let him weigh that out and make the decision. But if you're saying, you got to do this, or this is what you need to be doing, you're assaulting his providership. And he may not be nothing but a garbage truck driver. He may not be making $12,000 a year, but he may be a wonderful garbage truck driver. And not everybody's a doctor attorney. And you got to respect him and praise him for what he does and honor him. And the Bible says, this is as your Lord. And so to be treated as a queen, make a king in your house. 
And you're never going to be a queen if you're not making him a king. And so this is how to change a husband is all about this, how to get what you want, basically. And women tell me, man, it's amazing what he's doing now. Yeah, I can get him to do all these things. Because the issue goes away when you're trying to make him beyond giving advice or consulting with him and, and taking your wisdom, because it's not that women don't have wisdom and not that they're right in situations. But if they're 100% right and they do something in disobedience the way God made things and his decision is only 50% right, if you do it anyway, the fruit you'll produce from that decision is less than the fruit that would come from his 50% decisions. It's God's blessing that brings the fruit, not that you're right. I tell everybody in the community, obedience is more important than being right. But where you have obedience, where those avenues are, you have to be obedient to produce fruit. And if you do, you'd be surprised how much your husband would do for you. And it is suffering. It is agony. It is difficult. But he suffers the same thing as work with his boss and with the Lord. I know one woman told me, actually, he said it. He said that his wife, would, she knew what point to quit. And he felt halfway good when she was nagging him. He'd just say no. But he said when she went into their bedroom and went to their altar, closed that door, earth was shaking because he didn't know what she was saying to God. <laughs> And a lot of times, if you just sit there and say, okay, hubby, this is what I see. We've got $50,000. We've got $500,000. We've got $2 million. We're going to put this in the, the several rounds that we've been producing. And I believe the economy is going to crash. I believe the money's going to crash. I've read this book. This is going to happen. But you're the decision maker. I'm just giving you what I believe, and I'm just putting it all on you, and you make your decision what you want to do. And if things crash, then it's according to your decision. And back away. So you, then you take that issue, and you get it off of your fighting him about trying to get him to do it, and you put all the weight on him. So we forgot these concepts and these precepts of how to come to a decision. And don't look at a predetermined outcome. I'm going to do this to get this. You rest in God and give him to God and get the decision and know that from there you've done what you need to do and turn him over to God with it. And I can tell you, all you men out there, you better get into silver. And you better get into it fast. And I don't mean silver bars because if you read the book and if you haven't read the book, the dollar's going away. We are in what's a fiat system. Fiat money means money that's not backed by the dollar. So we went in that in 68 when we took away all backings of money, so it's nothing but paper. The dollar bill has no more value than this, except your faith that you can take it. But people's faith are eroding, and that's why I said yesterday, they're going to the euro, trading the dollars, because this, the dollar's weak, and then the euro, something happens it, next week they're going there, but each time it's going down this. Eventually, where will they go to? There's only one thing to go to, silver and gold. And gold is the king's exchange, silver is a gentleman's exchange. And so God created it, and our thing was to put a miraculous metal on a silver round for the purpose that your money can work toward conversion. We always piggyback on things of the world. Use all your worldly possessions to bring you closer to God, the Creator. And so why would you not want your money, your savings, your stocks, your 401ks, yes, cash them out, all these things to work toward God's kingdom? Seek first the kingdom of God with your money. Everything else will be given to you besides. There's a fruit from that. And so we've had people now, and I've heard it probably three times in the last couple of months, I heard down in Florida from somebody very, very wealthy. But for years we've given the spiritual advice and it's paid off in the family. 
And now we're given the physical advice, connected to a biblical view, the message view, and it's financially paying off for them. Not that they're doing that, it's just safeguarding, but we're doing it for the miraculous round. And this amazes me because the lady's messages have that kind of power. And they're seeing the reality of following this way and the new way of life that it prompts people to think this way, even about their finances. We're not financial experts. I'm not. I've just lived away. I paid as I went. This building's paid for. That new building up to this point's paid for. We don't have debt. We get what God provides. If he don't provide, we don't get. Got milk? <laughs> you want milk? You drink? You owe for it on a credit card? We've got this mentality that we can borrow from our future and we're going to be all right. And this thing's escalated and escalated and we're way overdue for a crash. Noah's time was way overdue for the flood, but Noah had to build the ark. And so Our Lady is the ark and she's showing us to use this time well. And if you don't position yourself, and it's not about saving yourself, because Scripture says neither gold nor silver on the day of judgment will save you. So your position, your wealth, your poverty, your, your power, your influence, your skills, none of this is going to do you any good. There's only one thing that's going to do you good. And that's why they said every Thursday read Matthew 6. You cannot serve God and mammon. And in there, when you continue to read, it says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all things will be given to you besides. You don't have to worry about what you need to get in your needs. God's going to meet that by first doing his work. So, People will wake it up and say, why do I want to keep $50,000 in the bank account that's just sitting there and deflating through inflation? It's worth less than what the $50,000 when I put it in there two years ago is. When I can put it in silver rounds with America's metal and when I need to disperse that, somebody's going to get grace of conversion. And again, we have seen that. There's so many things happening now since just June. There's so many avenues starting to talk about these things. And again, we dropped bombshells in the society, but it's like the pebble in the middle of the pond, it goes out. One thing we were very surprised about ain't going to happen is how fast it got into the financial nobility. I pondered it how in the world did this thing get past the average citizens, because that's who we wrote it for, and it's getting the people that's trading hundreds of millions of dollars, billions even, trading billions of dollars a day. We've had calls from people saying, I know somebody trades billions, I'm giving this tomorrow. So, but, you know, people that have to invest, they're always looking to be ahead of the curve. What is the new thing? Where, what's happening on the markets? What can we do to safeguard ourselves? That's their work. And so when something comes up that's simple, as ain't going to happen, and this whole new thinking, to many people that wasn't trained that way, they didn't have the basis of thinking that way, it goes right up into that avenue. So it's in, it's in that circle right now. And the, the one surprise for us is that we thought the bankers would reject it. We thought the investors would reject it. We thought the CPAs would reject it. They're all accepting it. And actually, even priests mostly reject what I write. And then there was a lady who was telling us she had ain't going to happen, and she gave it to a priest, and another priest grabbed it from that priest, and she's had over three more now. And so they're accepting it. But why? Because we're having the convergence of something that we haven't had in these 30 years of apparitions. We've been speaking about this. Listen to what you hear in this novena. This is wrote 17, 18 years ago about chastisements, about what's coming, and now we're in it. I'm amazed when I hear that, of how real that is, when it was unreal 18 years ago. Nobody paid attention. And so now it's manifesting. We have a physical manifestation secularly that's wedding to the spiritual we've been speaking about for years. So people are grabbing it just like that. 
And they're understanding it just like that. And people are concerned, just like this woman wrote in the 1940s, or preceding maybe the 40s. Because this was published in the 40s, so this was preceding Hitler and the rise of all the tyranny in Europe. There was an uneasiness, and we feel this uneasiness. But that was a piece of cake then. The world has never seen what we're about to go through. You say, well, what about knowing the flood? Knowing the flood didn't have that many people as we have now. Knowing the flood didn't have... At that time, the way we live, we live so radically different that man has lived since Adam that we really are probably the dumbest civilization worldwide that's ever walked the earth. There is no common sense. There is no basis to understand how just the most barren things to take care of ourselves. I mean, if things collapse right now, and like I said yesterday, the, the tunnel going into Manhattan with 1.4 billion gallons of water, if that crashed and I wasn't there, what would people do? How fragile our culture is, our society, our whole trucking system, our whole transit system. Look at the people who's got money. Warren Buffett bought 93 million ounces of silver. He could only get 90 million. It wasn't there. They asked him, would you let us do the rest on paper because we can keep trading your silver. Anyway, he got out of that. He did real well off of it. And it's very interesting. What was his next move? Where did he put all his money in? C, is it CSX? Railroad. Backwards a little bit. What will be here if something collapses? He's not doing that, one of the greatest investors ever. He's not doing that without thinking about the future. Not jet planes, not trucking industries, not manufacturing, railroads. And you've heard the commercial years ago that an ice cream truck takes 10 gallons of gas or whatever it is to move its cargo, something else, this much cargo, and a train can move something 140 miles or whatever for like one gallon of diesel fuel, a ton of freight. So why is he doing that? Now, we've got our lady telling us these things. He's looking at his investment. But see, the secular is seeing these things. They're understanding things. The way of life as we know it, something's going to change. There's no way he's putting it, a large portion of his fortune into railroads if he doesn't believe that we're going to go back to more of a, a society like we had before with th some basic, basic things. So read the signs of the times. Read into what people are doing. And the biggest thing to read into is the message. You don't have to know this about Warren Buffett. This is just an addition that supports what we see. Our Lady's telling you, though, look at the signs of the times. Look around you. See the signs of the times. Warren Buffett trading in everything and buying a railroad. Not because he likes that like a kid. There's a reason for that. So, husbands, I want to encourage you to really look into this. Wives, you pray for them. If you got money anywhere, be it stock markets or whatever, we've told people to take the 401k out. We don't say that as financial advisors. We don't say that as experts. We say that as a basic, common, biblical sense that you got something in your hands when you turn that into something solid that you can put in your home or your backyard or wherever you want to bury it. But you got nothing right now. Nothing. And there was a committee, a government committee. I don't remember the details. I've forgotten it. We talked about this that was put together a month, month and a half ago to explore how to use public funds and what funds could, that could be made public to fund things like Social Security. 
And one of the, the things that's put on the table for discussion is 401ks. I mean, what in the world is going The government is actually looking at your retirement, whatever it may be, even maybe who knows what they're looking at, to see how they can use those funds to fund Social Security and other things that they want to fund. Redistribution of the wealth. You won't get it back. I don't trust. And we don't have retirement. We don't have savings account. And all the Swiss banks accounts that I did have that everybody put all over the Internet, you know, they spent six years looking for that. They didn't show up. So I, I, I was hoping maybe they'd find one. <laughs> they didn't. But I don't want it because our life doesn't consist of saving money or working for money. It's working for the way of life. And it's God made it. it nature always comes back and corrects. It self-corrects to what the real worth is. And so it's just wisdom. And play along with the game of the system because there's nothing you can do about it. It's a means of exchange paper money. But the, what I wrote in the book is it's really a laughing matter that we can take something that's worthless and buy something that's worth something. And it's going to come a point where we won't be able to do that. And how much more will you regret it at that, at that point? When you could have acted, you didn't act. And the book was written for this purpose because the mentality is just so solid against this kind of way. And people read it, and they understand it, and they act on it. And that was a friend of Mechigoria speaking here from Caritas, December the 11th, 2010. It's interesting, after the book It Ain't Gonna Happen was released, that many people throughout the whole world began, an entire worldwide movement of people began toward financial security, not seeking it in the way that the world seeks it, but rather seeking first to be secure with God. And you heard a friend of Medjugorje say that, that it's important for us to be right with God in order for the world to be right. And so people began, first of all, with a spiritual formation and seeking God's will and moving from his principles of how he dictates how we ought to operate in regards to money, the economy, our personal financial decisions that we make, being free from debt, and on and on and on. These things are things that are explained in the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen. And it's also interesting that since the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen, was released, that it was responsible for the movement of 2% of the entire world's supply of silver bullion. And so this is a pretty significant amount in the world to see how many people have seen the truth, guided through the message, guided through Mechigoria, have seen the truth and how to make these particular decisions in their life. A friend of Medjugorje will return to the Radio Wave studio next week. We're looking forward to having him return. He has, last week, uh, saw huge changes in the world with Great Britain leaving the European Union. A friend of Medjugorje has much to offer to us as far as different encounters he's had with people that have commented to him who live in Europe, different countries around Europe, who've been watching this unfold. We know that Our Lady puts him in places to give a wider view of what God's doing behind the scenes. So he'll return to the studio next week and uh, be sharing with us all profound experiences he had during his time in Medjugorje for Our Lady's 35th anniversary. Also, too, a reminder to, if you have not joined into the seven novenas, which began on June the 25th, we're in the midst of the first of the seven novenas, and there's information on medj.com as well on the novena prayers. You could download that, and you could also order it as well in the Medjmart. Monday, we celebrate the 4th of July. We do wish everyone a happy 
Independence Day. But for all of those who followed Caritas over the years, who've been participants in the consecrations of our nation back to God through Our Lady, we do encourage you to be praying the Patriotic Rosary, to keep alive the grace and the petition before God that he would hear our prayers and return our nation back to his heart, back to his ways, back to his commandments, that we might be a blessed people, a blessed nation, and a nation that would help to lead all other nations back to God through the Virgin Mary. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave, good day and God bless. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.